Welcome to another edition of the Two Off the Tee podcast, sponsored by Ivy Sports and Club Junkies. This podcast is streaming live on the Club Junkies Facebook page, and the audio version will be available on the IB Network of Podcasts later this week. Today we will discuss the Tour Championship, how Rory got paid, uh, the finale of the FedEx Cup, who is the Player of the Year, Golf Shot of the Year, uh, Biggest Moment of the Season, and finally discuss stories we're looking forward to going into the 2020 golf season. I'm your host, Keith Lemon, fresh off shooting a smooth 75 at East Lake from the ladies' tees uh, <laughs> yesterday. And uh, with me, as always, is one of the best young assistant uh, club professionals in the business, my co-host, uh, co-host, Scott Porter. Scott, how are you doing? I'm good, brother. Bummed that golf season's over. Um, but we live in the South, and in the South, football season is king for about three months, so... Um, I'm excited. Opening weekend college football season was, well, week zero this past weekend, getting into the full season this week. Um, I'm pumped. Go Tigers. Who dat when the NFL rolls around, but let's call some golf. Well, the other good thing, too, about being in the South is we get to play golf year-round. That's so, And in the golf business, with both of us working in it, it slows down on the weekends, which is also really nice yep. because people are going to football games. but. Anyway, We're just watching the football that's games. right. <laughs> Let's get into the golf. Uh, this weekend, the PGA season officially ended. This was the culmination of the FedEx Cup, the PGA Tour season, at the Tour Championship at Eastlake. Uh, Rory McIlroy was victorious on Sunday, shooting a final round 66. Rory t- uh, won basically what turned into a four-man event over the weekend between himself, Brooks Kepka, Justin Thompson, and Xander Shoffley. Rory was able to pull away midway through his final round, putting on a ball-striking clinic. Justin and Xander Brooks, they, they couldn't find fairways, and if that golf course hadn't played it Monday, um, you miss fairways. You are, I mean, Xander shooting even right. on the front side Sunday, hitting one fairway. Absolutely. Un- magician. Unbelievable. <laughs> uh, so, but Rory ended up winning. He finished 18 under. It's a little confusing because... He started the week five back, so he's five under, so he shot 13, 13 under, under for the Which event. is solid as shit. <laughs> exactly. Shot all four rounds in the 60s. He actually ended up both winning under the old format, mm-hmm. the new format, under just a tournament format. Uh, Won it all. Uh, Xander finished second, 14 under. Uh, also very impressive because he was six back going into the weekend. Uh, also got about, I think, $5 million for finishing second. He got, four, he got four of those six back in, uh, in two holes, too. Not, not two, that's right. <laughs> the hole in one. Yeah. Uh, Brooks and JT finished tied third at 13 under. JT shot a final round of 68. Kept kind of struggled. Shot a final round of 72. The new format worked. The two best players all season went head-to-head in the final 36 holes. Rory started the event, as we said, five back of Justin Thomas. Kepka started two back, and Xander was six back. Um, again, Rory, four rounds in the 60s, including a 68-66 on Sunday. you got to remember because of the lightning and the people that were injured from that on Saturday, they postponed it. So they played a majority of their third round and their entire fourth round Sunday. So that's really impressive to get around there and basically six under for almost 36 holes. Yep. Um, I think they played, the leaders played 29. Exactly. So, uh, and just before we even get into this, the first FedEx in the new format, huge success. Uh, I said last week on this podcast that the doubters needed to give it a chance, see what would happen, wait and see. The previous format was not working. It was confusing. And PJ Tour deserves credit for trying something new, and it was a success. That was the same thing I was saying last week that, you know, everybody said, Justin Thomas is going to win. I think it's harder to win a tournament from ahead than it is coming from behind. It's a lot of pressure knowing that, you know, basically with the exception of two, three guys, I have a minimum of a five-shot lead over a majority of the field. And that's a hard golf course. It's been proven over the years that it's it's tough to go deep there. The fact that Rory basically got to 13 under, I think Tiger last year was 12 under. Uh, Just it's two years in a row somebody's put on a a phenomenal performance. What's your takeaway from this weekend? One, I don't think people give uh, enough credit to how long Eastlake is. They play it from 74 or 60, I think, and it's a par 70. Okay? You add add 200 yards to two of the par fours, make those par fives again. You're talking about 7,700. And, I mean, that's ridiculously deep. Like, that is super long. So, 
you have that. I mean, it the golf course held up. It it made the best players play, and it challenged them. Uh, it obviously challenged Dustin Johnson coming in dead last. What do you think of that? What's up with that? His last top ten was at the PGA. I was gonna say his last like five six events were awful. Yeah. Something's up. I mean, I, I just feel like anytime DJ goes through one of these things, I don't know if it's personal. I don't know. If it's, I feel like it's probably personal more than anything. Just I just hope he's okay with his history. We know yeah. he's had some substance stuff, and uh, you know, I just hope he's healthy. But it was it was a really bad performance from DJ. I know that a lot of people were making money off the head to head bets. Oh yeah. We kept taking them. <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't you with the way he's playing? They were giving us, um, Abby was lazy, they were giving us, like, the leaders against DJ. And you're like, what? But anyways, the format worked better than I thought it would. Um, I'm really glad it came down to Rory and Brooks. They obviously were the best two players all year. Uh, we both agree on that. Um, I still don't like the distribution of points uh, in the playoff events leading up to it. The fact that, you know, Patrick Reed got just as many points as Tiger for winning the Masters, and then Justin Thomas got double the amount of points um, of winning a major, and it was quadruple a regular win. It just seemed a little bit um, like they just kind of gave the, the hottest player. In, instead of making it truly the, the year-long race, the playoffs mattered a lot. But, like you said, it worked out because those two guys – um, and or through those three guys kind of faded, and the the best players kind of rose to the top. So I was really glad um, it worked out. The display of golf put on by Rory was astonishing. Um, he's the best player in the world off the tee. I think that's pretty much a case closed at this point. Um, and then he's also one of the most improved players around and on the green um, in the PGA Tour over the last two years. He's a very deserving uh, tour champion. I'm I'm glad to see him win. I didn't know he's been working with Brad Fax and yeah. putting uh, for. The younger guys, Brad Faxon was the best putter on tour for well over a decade. I mm -hmm. mean, he was like just an unbelievable putter. I thought it was interesting that they were talking about Rory has a very free swing in the sense that, as you can tell by the lines he takes I and mean, hitting driver, the, these fairways seriously are so tight, and it's yeah. such. And he's just bombing driver in three woods. And with the thing, confidence, and that's what well, I mean, one thing Faxon has said is just that he needs to relax and make an athletic move on putting, not worry so much about his technique, much like what he does hitting his tee ball. Before we move on from this, just a couple of things. Rory is the second player ever to win two FedExes along with Tiger. Uh, remember, the FedEx didn't come into existence 2007. No coincidence, Tiger won two out of the first three right. uh, before kind of he had his issues. We talked about he shot all four rounds in the 60s. Uh, again, Rory would have won old format, new format, and then something that I thought was really interesting was they went through, if the new format had been part of the Tour Championship, nine of the ten winners would have still won the Cup. Uh, so, ten potentially with Jim Furyk, he would have been in a playoff with Luke Donald. Another interesting thing is Luke Donald would have potentially have won two of these himself uh, with the new format. So, they really did a lot of research. I saw that they took the past scores and, and saw everything and tried to figure out the numbers from that way. And that's where you got the numbers. I'm totally with you that they need to relook at the way, the qualifications, how you get the points. I think that they're really on to something with what they did here. It was so much less confusing. There's only one winner. And you don't have, like last year, like what we talked about where Justin Rose you know, one of the biggest moments of his career, and it's outshined because right. a bigger name won the tournament. Right. And that's happened years before. So uh, let's move on to today they announced the player of the year. Yep. Uh, it was Brooks Kepka. It's uh, probably the closest race uh, we've seen for a player of the year in a long time, uh, probably all the way back to BJ and Tiger in 2008. Uh, both Rory and Kepka had three wins. Kepka had the major, obviously. You could argue, though, Rory won the two biggest events in the FedEx and the players that are not majors. Scott, did the guy, did the, did the right guy win this award? I went back and forth on this when we were talking about the podcast and what we were talking about and whatnot. And, you know, there was only two guys that it could have been, and those two guys almost had identical uh, resumes over the year. I gave the edge to Brooks just because we always say it's about the majors. Um, we always say that they're the, the, I think a couple weeks ago or last week when we did one, you said they were the Super Bowl mm -hmm. and the rest of it's just for the fans. 
because of that and because the, the golf community and the golf um, society as a whole gives credit for major championships, the fact that went that Brooks went 2-1-2-4 in the majors is what sealed the deal for uh, for me. He won, you know, he came in second in the Masters, won the PGA, second in the U.S. Open, and then fourth at the Open. Um, and you can arguably say he he probably could have won three out of those four. He blew the Masters. He blew the Masters. Gary kind of held his arm. Oh, no, Woodland won the, but the, he won the, the Masters. And, again, Tiger, I, I, I hate using that word because Tiger played phenomenal on Sunday. But Brooks blew. Kepka going in the water in 12 and going after that flag in the position he was was – very unkepka like it was. It you know he made a mistake. And he got it, cocky. It cost yeah. him a major, and it's yeah. one of the ones that he hasn't won. Uh, so who gets it? You know, I I went the other way. Yeah. I actually think Rory should have won, and it's just the year he had the consistency. I love um, Again, the tour championship, you know, and the um, players are the two biggest U.S. all players on tour. It's, it's the two biggest events, two of the best venues at the same location every year. He won both of those. He won the Canadian Open, which technically is a national championship. Uh, very big course. He had 14 top 10s. 75% of his starts, he had top 10s. He had two missed cuts, the most notable being the Open, but even then, he, he went out and shot hell. 79 and had one of the most interesting uh, you know, rallies on Friday, you've seen in a long time. His interview made me an even bigger fan of Rory. You saw how much he cared for. We both said we didn't like Rory going into the mm-hmm. open because Too I think pressure. he puts pressure on himself. He doesn't do quite as well. Absolutely. Uh, the number to me that makes Rory the player of the year, the strokes gained. They've been uh, keeping the statistic for basically about two decades now. And what it means is, is basically your score compared to the rest of the field. He was 2.55 shots better than the field. That means every time he teed it up against, you know, 144, 100-man field, he was beating the field average by 2.55 shots. It's a career high for Rory in this category. There's only one guy in the history since that stat's been kept that uh, has had a higher number. I'm sure you're going to know who that is. It's that goat man, Tiger Woods. Ugh. And just to show you again how good this guy is, and then I'll get back to Rory. <laughs> 2006, he gained 3.44 shots on the field. 2009, which was a down year for Tiger, he gained 3.19 uh, shots on the field. And in 2007, he gained 3.09 shots. He won the tour championship in 09. He did, but I'm saying it was a down, was a down year for Tiger. Well, he only won three times. I mean, that's what people forget was he exactly. had a 10 year stretch. If he wasn't winning five times, people were like, what's wrong with Tiger? When right. we've had five guys in the last 15 years not named Tiger win five events in a year. It's unbelievable. Uh, Rory. <laughs> the stats uh, you know about Tiger just blow my mind. Well, you just come out like. You've been Because I'm, I'm reading the same. Like, you don't have this written down, and you just pop off these stats. He's my, he's my dude, man. I mean, I've grown man. up, you know, watching him, and he's, he's just it. a man. Uh, this is Rory's 17th win, uh, which I think I, I saw it puts him in the top 50 all time on PGA Tour. Uh, he had 22 million in earnings this week. A lot of that obviously inflated by the 15 million he just won. It brought his career earnings to 84 million. That's just on the golf course. That's not advertisement, you know, other Nike things. deals. That's just, that's just on the <laughs> golf course. Get you some of that. He's 30 years old, so Rory's going to be doing okay. Rory's kids are going to be doing okay. Rory's grandkids are going to be doing okay. Uh, and the other big thing is, again, Kepka has the major, and I'm the first person to say it's all about majors. But, again, I think Kepka lets the majors get away this year. I think so. And the thing is, Rory just had such a phenomenal season from beginning to end. What I thought was the stamp on it was Kepka blew him away in Memphis. There was during a stretch where Rory, uh, you know, he had a lot of top tens, but he, he also blew a couple of tournaments on Sunday. He did not play well, and they had one more chance to go head-to-head. I think everybody, you know, that's why I was a little surprised by the announcement. Most people thought the winner of this tournament, if it was one of those two guys, was going to win it. And you could tell Rory went out and he really wanted to win. I mean, yeah. he was fired up. You don't see Rory fist pumping and doing a lot of stuff. He was really jacked coming down the stretch. And, I mean, he just gave it to Kepka yeah. uh, on Sunday. And I just think that 
consistency is no longer a big deal on the tour. We talked about this last year. It's more important to win a big event or just to have a win than a bunch of top tens. But I think that this is basically what shows you're the best golfer for a year is when you have 14 top tens, you're gaining two right. and a half strokes on the field. Uh, we're going to have bad days. I mean, that happens. He had, you know, one at the open, his other missed cut. He also missed by the number. Both of the cuts he missed, he missed by one shot. It was just a great season. He had two top eights and, and majors and uh, the Canadian open, which was his smallest event that he won. People forget. I don't know if you watched that Sunday. He put on a show yeah. That was when he went right 63, 65 or something like yeah. that over the weekend. Uh, Rory had a great season. I'm really excited to see what he does with this. He seems to be getting his confidence back, which has a lot to do with it. And, uh, you know, just to me, I think they got it wrong, but you can't. There's definitely an argument. It's so for close. Both it's so close, man. But I will say, I watched every single hole on Sunday sitting in the pro shop, and I was able to. Able to watch every single hole. This was the best I've seen Rory McIlroy play since 2012 at Congressional. Um, and, you know, that that's saying something. That The fact that he, in the biggest event, not a major, I still think, I mean, I'm, I'm going to say the tour is bigger than the players. You can go back Money. and forth. Money. Price. He put on a clinic on Sunday. Hitting fairways, taking aggressive lines, not shying away, not getting timid, not making the stupid not uh, not getting up and downs and stuff like that that he normally does on Sundays when he isn't as confident. Next year, the tour should watch out because the if putting Rory, to me was the, the putting, biggest thing. No he doubt, great. but I think it, a lot of it was in his head as well. But he did. He putted phenomenally. The spider is working in his hands. I hope he sticks with it. Um, he's changed putters when I thought he was putting pretty well before, so hopefully he going into next year, Taylor May doesn't try to put something else in his hands, um, which you know they're going to do, being Taylor May. But, um, you know, he, he, is, he is a phenomenal golfer. Um, I, I think he's a phenomenal human being as well. Um, you haven't seen his name kind of wrapped up in anything bad or, or immature. Class. Really. He's That's very classy. He's, he's a class act. He, he's, he, he's confident and a little bit cocky, but not enough that it's brash. Um, Most of his confidence comes from the way he walks. It's yeah. so funny. It's almost like he's floating. Yeah. It's really weird to see a lot. But I, I'm super happy for both those guys. They separated themselves from the rest of the rest of the tour right now. Uh, as far Could as one-two one, one more thing and we'll move on. Could this be the beginning of a rivalry? I hope so, man. When when I was thinking about that, you know, Brooks is actually older than Rory. Right. But Brooks has come on later. Rory was a lot more relevant when he was younger. If this turns out to be the next, I don't even know who it would compare to. Well, I mean, in fairness, Tiger and Phil was a rivalry. Wasn't that younger, though? Well, I guess Phil was a late bloomer like Brooks. So, yeah, it, you know, I don't think it's going to be as one-sided as that was. Right. But if it does become a rivalry and we and we get those questions and we and Kepka, we though, get actually, that going after each other, younger. I did just want to clarify. He's one year younger. He's is he? twenty-nine. Yeah, I thought I thought, thought Kepka was like thirty-one. Mm-hmm. He's twenty-nine. Oh, okay. Well, either way, but they're basically either way. Same it feels it feels like Brooks is younger than Rory because we've been watching Rory since oh, like, 08, 09. Shit, I mean, he was a fat little baby kid with exactly wearing wearing a Titleist hat. So you know, it's it's been um, it's been a really fun fun season watching these guys compete and go after it and. I'm really looking forward to next year. Who do you get the edge going on next year in the sense of the guy you expect more from? Honestly, it kind of depends on the mindsets in the offseason. It depends on how much they play. Um, don't wear yourself out, obviously, but also don't let yourself get rusty. And both of these guys have shown up at, the, at Augusta rusty before, and it hasn't worked out for them. So, I'm still going to give it to Brooks just because I think he has less ghosts in his head. Although his ghosts are growing a little bit. He's getting some ghosts, especially like 12 at Augusta, um, not capitalizing at some of these other tournaments. I'm still going to say Brooks just because I think he has he he is going to be able to get it done next year at Augusta. I, I'm calling it. I, I think that <laughs> – I don't know about that. But I do think that uh, you're probably right there. The one thing I will say, though, is Rory – to me, looks like the guy from 2012, 2014, where yeah. he thinks he's the best golfer in the world. Boy, if he if 
he gets that mindset, he's tough to beat. I don't think there's a better a better player in the world when he's confident in the Northern. Not Minnesota. right now. All right, so we're going to just go over some of the favorite things from this season. Do you want to go first? We started with the favorite shots the PGA Tour season. Yeah. You want to give all three? Or yeah. You? All right. Um, so my three favorites, number three, uh, excuse me, number yeah, number three, Xander's hole in one on nine. That no, just happened a couple days ago. How about we give let's give Chaz some credit too. Let's say the two. Chaz got Chaz was lucky, man. Dude, there's no pictures. I know, I know, I know. But he like it hit the collar. Very easily could have gone in the rough, kicked to the hole. That's one thing. He called it in the moment. No, it was huge. I mean, Xander kind of it turned his third round around. It felt like he was going to win the tournament. It, it really did. Like, I mean, he was swinging it really good, and he's one of my top two favorites on tour. Um, so his hole in one on nine, just watching it live was really, really cool. Um, Gary Woodland shot on 17. You have that one as well, I believe. Um, I'm going to let you break it down. But that was some of the best artistry as far as just creativity on the greens, using the wedge. And it took some major nuts. And you're going to be surprised at my last one. My favorite shot of the 2019 year was Tiger's cut. I think it was a pitch wedge or a nine iron from 135 in Mexico. That was one of the best golf shots I've ever seen in my entire life. One, nobody can bend a nine iron that much. Two, nobody damn sure can bend a nine iron that much out of a fairway bunker. And three, nobody can elevate it up and around that tree like he did. It was Top five best golf shots I've ever seen. The only thing that sucks, and this is what I tell people, is the difference in Tiger now and Tiger ten years ago. He would have made that putt a thousand percent. I think that's why I didn't get more. I, I think if it was an up and down situation and he did make that putt, I think it would have gotten a little bit more attention than it got. But as a golf pro and and somebody that watches swings and teaches golf and. Just the creativity to even think I'm gonna. This is what I'm gonna try here. Ninety-five percent of professional golfers would have pitched that out. Yep. And laid up to a wedge just as they liked and tried to make their part. Ironically, the Golf Channel this morning on Morning Drive did theirs. It's actually where I came up with this question, and uh, they had that as number one, which was great. But I can't remember which one of those morons said that it was up there with a shot on 16 at Augusta. No. And I'm going, dude, like, no. let's not. You want to talk about recency bias? It's like, give me a break. We're so, talking about one of the greatest shots in history, right? And at one of my majors. So, uh, my favorite shots on season, it was actually a two-parter for Woodland for me. I completely agree with you on 17, mainly because people forget the tournament was still in question. He only had a two-shot lead. Kepka was in the fairway on 18 at that believe right. the time he was hitting that chip. So many things can go wrong there uh, and just executed it beautifully. Right. And his short game's not great. I actually think the more impressive shot from him was him going for it on 14 from 266 without a bounds left with a three. That's a bad to like 20 feet uh, for a guy that's never really been in that kind of situation. And he had a he cut into it. He took on the hazard. Unbelievable. Out of bounds. Not just a hazard. Like, yeah. I mean, that, that could have gone terribly wrong. <laughs> uh, number two for me, Tiger shot at 16 at Augusta. Uh, essentially assuring that he was going to win his 15th major, his fifth green jacket, a decade after his last major. It was ballsy. For a guy like me that's a huge Tiger fan, I literally, because you could see his confidence growing as that round went along, and I told my dad, and we were watching it together, and got to, I go, if Tiger is still in there. I said, he's about to stuff this. Now, I didn't think he was going to almost make a one, right. but for him to hit that shot, it was a sign to the Tiger faithful, like you know me and a lot of other people, that this guy is you know, either the greatest ever or you know the second greatest ever, depending on here. My number one, and it's a putt. It was not an unbelievable shot, but it's more because I think what it's going to you know, mean moving forward. Matthew Wolf's eagle putt for his first PGA Tour victory. He won the 3M Open. It was his third career start. That needs to be remembered. He is the ninth youngest player ever to win on tour. I'm pretty sure he is the... Uh, the least amount of events in a PGA yep. career to win. He did it one quicker than Tiger. He was coming off an unbelievable final college season where he set the, the scoring average at 68.7, which is, whew. Uh, he won the Nicholas and Fred Haskins Award, the two best players in the country. Uh, and 
I don't know if people can remember, Wolf was in a showdown with uh, Colin, I can't ever pronounce his last Moore name. More Cowie, who was another unbelievable young player. And then Bryson DeChambeau, who had a great round. Uh, Wolf ended up shooting a bogey for 31. But most importantly, he went to 18, and right in front of him, DeChambeau stuck it from like 235 and made his eagle putt to go from being down one to up one. So you have two rookies. Uh, never won, obviously, on the PGA Tour, and their first handful of starts, to both of their credits, they both hit the green. Wolf buried that putt. I saw a photo that was actually, I think, on the Club Junkies page where he was not, he knew it was in five feet out, but he was celebrating before the ball's even yeah. in the hole. Uh, this was so big for him. I think he has a great chance to be the next big thing in golf. His track record, there's very few people, names, guys like Tiger, Nicholas, and stuff that have accomplished what he did before he got on the tour. So for him to be able to do this in his first big stage with Bryson DeChambeau, who at that point outside of Kepco was probably the best player on the tour. Would you think about the like last calendar year? I think he'd won five times in the last calendar year. Or, or last year, not calendar year. And for him to do that, I think this shot will be remembered as Matthew Wolf is here and he's going to yep. be a force for a long time. So, uh, any other honorable mentions or anything there? Oh, there's, I mean, there were so many good golf shots, man. There was so many clutch golf shots throughout the, throughout the season. Um, I forgot, to be honest, about Gary Woodland's shot on 14. I forgot how ballsy that was because, I mean, 265 out, 3 wood, good lie, uphill green. That was... I mean, you put all the factors on that and... and his then career can, and... Yeah, his legacy. Like, I mean, with leads, he, he's, you know... He's kind of blown it and... It, for him to come through, and, and that was one of my favorite my favorite things about this year. Let's transition from our favorite shots to favorite moments. You want me to go first there? You got it. All right, so uh, number three is actually a co-thing. Uh, just the open championship between Shane Lowry winning in his home country, a guy who people forget he's grown up with Rory McIlroy, which I just couldn't imagine being that good at something from an area that small and always having a guy that's that much better than you right. and have always been told, like, yeah, you're really good, but then there's this guy. And for him to, you know, get it done and to win a major there is just, I mean, good for him. It was, a, it was really a great moment for the tour and for obviously Shane Lowry and the country. Uh, and then Rory, like, seriously, I, you know, being a huge Tiger fan, I didn't like Rory when he first came out, mostly because people were saying he's the next Tiger, and I'm like, well, slow your roll. Okay. Right, the commercials and, and everything. Break it down a little bit here. He's very good, but, you know. Yeah. And I just, I, I continue to have more respect for this guy. And to see him fight the way he did after just what had to be a, I mean, just gutting performance in the first round, shoot 79, knowing you're probably not going to make the cut. And for him to go out and play the way he did, I think he shot six under, uh, he missed the cut by one, and the interview afterwards, you could see the emotion, how much he cared about it, how much it meant to him, the pressure that was on him, which probably led to him playing the way he did on Thursday, just, it, it made me a fan. Uh, my number two moment, and it's not technically on the golf course, but Phil Mickelson's fireside chat <laughs> slash social media presence, this dude... Again, a guy that because he was Tiger's biggest rival, uh, you know, basically when I was young growing up watching golf, I wasn't a big Phil fan. Uh, honestly, more than anything, it was the fact that he gave away, in my opinion, so many majors and stuff because he just would not do the right thing. Uh, but this guy's just great. I yeah. mean, the Farsight chats are hilarious. The cast, the dropping bombs, <laughs> it's literally one of the best social media follows, you know, anywhere. And on top of that, now he's replying to people's tweets and stuff. Replying to you. Ours, which is just great. And, I mean, it's just, it really is cool. And I really am starting to see that they literally are the modern-day Arnie and Jack. Because yeah. Tiger's Jack in the sense that he's probably a little more respected because, obviously, the wins, you know, the wins <laughs> and the, just the legacy. But... I really do think that before it's all said and done, Phil may actually end up being the more all-around popular guy because he's going to constantly be interacting with fans right. and doing it. It's, it's a brilliant move by him, and it shows his personality, what you hear about, but you just don't get to see too much on the golf course. Question real quick. Yeah. 
Do you think that he's doing this to stay relevant? No. Or do you think he's just showing his true personality? I just think Phil enjoys, you know, being Phil. And social media, you know, you got to remember that he's a little bit older than the generation that grew up with this stuff. I really think he's just watched these young, exactly. He's watched these younger guys on tour and been like, I'm funnier than that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I can right. do this. And um, exactly. the interview with Tiger was just <laughs> phenomenal. Like, I mean, it's just, he's he's great. Uh, and then number one for me, without a doubt, of course. Tiger's went out of Augusta. Yeah. I'm sorry, it, it was the no, moment of 2019. Right. Even his biggest fan supporters, we had doubt. Like, I didn't know, could he really, truly, you know, do it? And for him to not only finally get that 15th major, finally get his fifth green jacket, 10 years almost after his last major, he did it coming from behind, which the idiots of the world like Skip Bayless, one of the things that they put down on him was, well, he never won a major coming from behind. It's like, dude, if you play golf, you know it's a lot harder to win with a lead than it is to win coming from behind. That's more impressive, to be honest. Exactly. And it's like... So not only did he get that major, the full redemption story. If it's if it's the last one, it's it's an unbelievable. It's his Jack and you know '85 moment. Uh, but if it's not, it reminded the world that this guy's really good. Yeah. And uh, it just takes also for the haters something that they can't no longer say. You can't no longer say, well, he never you know won a major from behind. So for me, that was number one. What's your favorite moments from the season? Well, I wasn't. I mean. <laughs> I will say this, as a golf pro, not as a golf fan, just because I haven't always been a fan, but as a golf professional in the business, the coolest moment was Tiger winning at Augusta. I didn't include it in my three because those are my personal ones. And you knew that I was. And I knew you were. Yeah, I knew you would. You would cover the topic. Um, that is, that was the coolest moment in golf, probably in the last at least ten years. Well. I, just devil's advocate, he had a pretty big moment a few months earlier. Not as big as Augusta. No, I, I mean the fact that the way, because they obviously would never lost him uh, Augusta. The the crowd, you know, the, swallowing him up. The crowd is what made that cool. But How but, long it had been since he'd even won an event. Right. I mean, I understand what you're saying. I just mean that that was, you know, it almost got just as much coverage as oh, Augusta. Oh, yeah. But my three favorite of uh of this my three favorite i called them more storylines mm-hmm. instead of moments and right. they're not all on the course like you said uh, my third favorite is matthew wolf kamoka morikawi and victor hovland the big three of the 21 year olds 20 21 22 year olds the tour better watch out yeah i mean the watching these kids progress i mean last year we watched these kids in the national championship at oklahoma state and I how good was more that? Yeah. Cal, I but I mean, how good was Oklahoma? Oh my god. god, dude, that golf coach deserves a raise for recruiting all these boys. So that was phenomenal. Just getting to watch the way that they progress. Kids younger than me. Um, and real just, quick, just the Hovland and Wolf having different swings, which I've seen some stuff. <laughs> the double pump. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I think part of what's happened to golfers and why they struggle when they face adversity pressure is because it's robotic swings. Yeah, absolutely. And you have to trust your swing under the gun. And yes, Matthew Wolf and Hovland have very unconventional swings, but well, it's just like we were talking about today on the on the page when you shared your swing video, and you know you have a you have a unique swing, an, un, <laughs> an unorthodox swing, and you do get the oh you're a hat type right. type comments oh, yeah. when you post a video, and we all know you can post you know 64, 66, all that's whenever you want to. It doesn't come. It comes down to the six inches before impact and the six inches after. And you look at any of these guys on tour, including the ones like Jim Furyk, like Matthew Wolf, like Victor Hovland, Bubba Watson, Brant Snedeker lifts his thumb off the golf club when he takes it away. There's so many unique things out there, and that was one thing I, I really got to know and 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 kind of got to watch when I was working at Cali Gardens with the Q School. Was these guys are so freaking good trying to get on the web, and they none of their swings look the same, okay? Everybody wants to look like Adam Scott, but everybody doesn't have to look like Adam Scott. And can you trust your swing? Exactly. You know, so real quick before we get on your set, which one of your guys, who do you think 
moving forward is the guy. Of those three, Victor Hoffman. He is the most steady. He didn't win. He was the one of the three, the the one that did not win. But he is the most talented and the most steady. I I think Wolf is the guy, but I think Hoffman has the ability to be the guy because of exactly what you just said. Like, Wolf has a chance, I think, to be unbelievably special because, again, there's only a few names that have ever had the kind of career he did before he turned pro. They're all, like, all-timers. But, I mean, it's just like this. I mean, how much pressure had to be on Hovland that, okay, you had a really good season, even though you had, like, seven starts, you just missed making the top one in 25. So you get bumped down. And to have that pressure, you know, I've got to be in the top 25 from these three events. Right. Or i got to basically Anywhere try else. to start this thing all over again. Right. And he did it. And it's like what you're saying. Every tournament, it's like 10 under, 15 under, 17 under. No doubt. And uh, if he can, his putting is the one thing that I think right It'll now is preventing. And exactly. Like, I think with the technology and stuff. So I, w- I will say this. Hovland is never going to be the star that Matthew Wolf has the potential to be okay if you're talking about markability right and you're talking about just the overall um i'm not even gonna say personality because we really don't know what matt wolf's personality is i mean we see a kid that sounds like he's 12 and swings like he's freaking a monster we don't know yet which one of those guys will be like the guy as far as endorsements, um, and the as far as the bright for the exactly, class, but and no, there's no doubt. Hovland, though, if you look at his three swing, wins next year, over under for them combined, do you think over? Okay. You take the over for for those three combined. Mm-hmm. I over. I I mean, it's not over by much, but I'm gonna take it. At We're five. gonna do a poll on the. I would page I would take course. I would take under at six, but I would I would take the money at five. So I mean, basically, that would mean either one of them's gonna have to win multiple times, and then another one would have to win, or they'd all win one. So we will we'll do a part. What is like your uh, number Second. two? All right, uh, number line? number two is uh, Brooks's off course attitude. Okay, <laughs> one of my favorite things this year that I listened to. Swag. Was Brooks Kepka's I his podcast with Foreplay when yep. he got on the air with Foreplay and all of the brass statements he was saying all the stuff that he was using and then he came out and backed it up. How about his press conferences before each major? I mean, the first three he basically when he said, said he didn't practice, he said he didn't practice. He said that he feels like there's basically ten guys that he's got to worry about each major, <laughs> and he feels like majors are easier. Than regular tournaments. I mean, you want to talk about making headlines? Like what you said, he backed it up. He backed it up. Um, you know, even even at the tour championship when they're asking about his shoe, you posted on on club drinks about his shoe. It, you it know, it really was legitimate. I had to ask my court boys what it was. I literally asked one of them. I was like, "Yo, what's this?" And he goes, "He goes, oh, that's off white." And I was like, "Okay, what does that mean?" Off White's a designer. Like okay. it's like a brand. Like and they collab with Nike I got and other products and other manufacturers and that's like to their, make unique. Yeah, it's like their calling card. It's like or the whatever. it's like it's like the circle T's of Scotty Cameron in the Putter World, Off White, Easy, these these big companies, these big names are designing these uh, shoes. So and if you haven't seen it, it fashion, looks bro. like he has a tag on his shoe. He does. He has a tag on it. It literally is a tag. I thought it was like a ball marker. So I it's like a zip tie tag. Anyways, it's fashion, bro. Step out the way if you don't know what you're talking about. He'll call you 40. He'll call you old. Brooks is filling himself. That's what he's filling himself. No doubt. No doubt. But my favorite thing about 2019, my favorite moment was Gary Woodland winning the U.S. Open. For a 10-year vet that has been nothing but consistent except without finishing, okay, he hasn't lost his scorecard, he stayed on tour, he stayed relevant. Um, Great fantasy pick every week. I always tell no doubt. Family man. Great athlete. Has, has all these connections with kids that he meets. And, that you know, one of the really special ones was last year at the Waste Management. He entered – the way he interacted with that little girl that was a golfer. Oh, yeah. was also Incredible story. I mean – to see him win at Pebble and to hold it, you know, when everybody, the whole world, he probably felt the weight of, of the world on his shoulders. Everybody thought it was, he was the equivalent of having Tiger ten years ago with the run Kepka was having, yeah. basically playing great golf, right? And he held on exactly. So that was my favorite moment, just seeing him fulfill his dreams, win a major, go down in history, 
he's too good of a player not to have a major. But there was something holding him back, and I was just so happy to see. Well, and what's great, too, is his putting and his chipping, and he worked his ass off. No Right, because, I mean, it, that's what it was. He made – he's always been one of the top guys on tour in birdies, but he unfortunately – made a lot His of scrambling was really bad, and that's putting and chipping. And, I mean, what we talked about, you know, one of the best shots, for you to chip that ball right. uh, to a just – I mean, so much stuff could have gone wrong there. It proved it. It was a great – you know, just – Great story. Good for him. Uh, last thing, let's go over, or actually one more thing before we go over this. Uh, today it was announced Tiger had minor knee surgery. Yeah. I posted on the other page that I take two things from this. One, uh, it would make sense that this something was up because he did not look physically as well as he did early in the season. That you know may have played a role in why his play kind of diminished as the year went on. But B, just being a realist, you know, I'm the biggest tire fan in the world, it's another surgery. It's another body part that's been worked on. The the sand in the hourglass is, is you know, getting less and less. And I just hope uh, this is truly a small thing that he's saying he'll be ready to go right in October. I yep. believe is what I saw. Uh, but it it is kind of concerning. So... Uh, let's go to the last thing. Storylines looking forward to for next PGA Tour season. I mean, we got, and it's kind of confusing because actually the PGA Tour starts in 2019 for 2020. Yep. Uh, but what are some things going into the next PGA Tour season? Uh, did I didn't even ask you. Do you have some of these the same or? Yeah, for sure. Um, let's go these stories together. Yeah. My first one, your boy Spieth, does he return for him? It's it, to me, it's a it's a big question because this guy was the best golfer in the world just what three years ago. Yeah, uh, was I have no idea. Two years ago was still like top three, four guys, and won the British he Open. He didn't even make it in the top third, yeah. which he's not like Tiger and playing Play. fifteen events. Right. He played a like full. 20, I think he played twenty two, twenty three. It wasn't good. He didn't miss a ton of cuts, but he certainly didn't come in a lot of top tens. Um, I, mean, I, I guess the positive right is his putting at the end of the year was getting came back around. to the – he's got it's fairways. It's always come down to him finding fairways, man. When when he got on his run, he was in a really good tempo. He had a little trigger. It's, it comes down to finding fairways, and it comes down to making sure that he's still confident on the greens. He was never a great ball striker. He beat people on the greens. I mean, oh, the, it, the strokes game putting for like a three-year stretch was Jordan Spieth top. Oh, it was, I mean, it was, it was he was gaining three strokes around it was on sick. the field. He, that went away. He lost his confidence with everything else. I don't know if it's coming back. Truthfully, he's the biggest person, or he's the most hard to read on tour. Normally, you can see, yeah, it's just a little injury, it's a little swing flaw, it's something. Does he need a change, coach? Yeah, I know he like needs to change. Coach is he needs if, if if okay. I will say this: if his coach, um, the guy from Texas, if he does not change his like, if he does not work with Jordan to fix something in his swing, I haven't even really broken down a swing to see what it is. He flies his hips open a little bit, but if they don't do some serious work over the, over the winter. He needs to find somebody else because there is work that needs to be done. He's got to straighten it out. He's already not long. You can't be you can't be short and crooked. Don't you think that some of this is he was trying to gain distance? I think he changed. It looks like he's swinging harder. I think he changed his swing a little bit after 2015, 2016, and he felt like he needed more distance, and it just got him all the way. Man, he's he needs to look at because to me he's Kevin Kisner on steroids and what I mean is is when he's at his best he's a lot like a Kisner right but he's got and this is no Kisner's more Kisner's amazing but he's better you know around the greens and Kisner's great about getting but Kisner's down. so much better tee green well he's so much better tee people forget Spieth had a three almost his first three full years he was in the top ten on greens and red I'm talking now. Oh no, yeah, no, that's Kisner right. would wax a oh, man yeah. in a ball striking competition. But I mean, I'm saying that if he was at that level before, and especially his proximity to the hole and greens and regulation, it shouldn't hopefully be that hard to get back. I mean, you look at what Justin Thomas shared, which I think it's great. He does that every year. You know, goals for the season, yes, yes or no. 
I think that the best thing going for They're Jordan is that him and Justin Thomas are best buddies, and hopefully Thomas is gonna be the one being like, "Dude, I'm getting tired of whooping your ass. You need to pick it up." I really don't hope. I really, really, really uh, hope he doesn't become the next Smiley man. He's obviously much bigger. Smiley man. had some injuries though, too, right? Or was it all? Uh, I mean, yes, but it was mostly mental. All right, well, let's move on to second. I said defense at Augusta, but, I mean, overall, just Tigers 2019-2020. It's going to start with, is he going to pick himself with the captain's pick in the President's Cup? Uh, you know, is he going to be able to contend and defend his green jacket? And I think he would be the first to admit that he let two of the three venues this year slip away from. And I'm not including... Beth Page. That was ridiculous. It was too long. The weather was bad. But the British Open and U.S. Open courses were both courses that are tailor-made for him. Uh, and he, he just didn't play well. It was will cold. He, will, that is true. But will he, you know what I mean? Like, what do you expect from him next year? Man, I don't, I'm be honest Who with knows? You. I, <laughs> I really don't expect a ton. Um, mainly, it's just, it's simply because of the talent around him. It, I, I think he's just as good as he was in 2013. Okay, I mean, player of the year, won five times, didn't win a major. Um, I, yeah, and if you remember, that was the year that he hit the flag at Augusta. I think he would have won that tournament. Probably. That really bad break. He was starting to pull away from it with his history. I, I, I think he's back to that. I don't think he's back to prime. Um, if he Augusta's stays, his best chance to win a major, actually, no doubt, right? Augusta's his best chance to win a major for the rest of the time he plays and maybe British Opens that you have a little British more. Opens that he's very familiar with oh, and, and if you have warm weather if it's cold and rainy he's screwed yep. uh, PGA Championship is probably going to be too long the May thing hurts him so because bad. he tries to swing hard well and the May thing I mean like the weather in May right like, especially because like, it's more August Ugh. yeah and and then the US Open eh, I mean US Open oh it's, he's, he can't drive it well enough US Opens are a shit show no matter what I mean alright number three how does Kepka follow up his major success. I mean, you got to think he's gone from winning back-to-back U.S. Opens, almost winning a third. He won one major, two majors, a major. He's a back-to-back PGA champion. uh, I believe that even Tiger never won a major in three consecutive years. I mean, that shows you the run that he's had here. it's four of eleven now, I believe. No, I'm sorry, I take that back. Tiger did win in '99, 2000, 2001. But uh, well, I forgot the Masters was the end of the Tiger right. sign, and he obviously won two in '99. But I mean, that's just again saying it. Like I think Tiger, Jack, uh, Ben Hogan, and Kepka, I believe, are the only four that have won majors in three consecutive years. I have to check that. To me, it almost looks at like he has the ability, but I just I worry that. Look at Rory. Rory won four majors in a three-year stretch. Right. Same thing as what Kepka's done. It's really difficult. I keep trying to tell people it's so hard to win majors. I worry about consistency, and I worry about complacency when I worry when when I think about Rory. This probably helped him for his complacency, right? Though. Yeah, I think he's pissed he's, off. Oh yeah, he's pissed. Dude, he is pissed off. He, he got is, that, he got he got shown up. He's not happy right now. Lost uh, ten million. <laughs> Well, he didn't even come in second. That was the thing. Oh, you're right. He lost 12 million. He lost 12 million. He, he won 3.5 mil. So this showed him up a little bit. Uh, he's pissed off. I expect to see a very angry Book Shepka at Augusta. We'll see if he translates that to good golf or bad golf. Could you imagine uh, we get a Kepka, Rory, Tiger all on the hunt at Augusta? I just, I'd settle for Kepka, Rory, but you know, that's just me. Come on. We <laughs> um, want people to be watching it. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm I, I, think, I think he wins. I think he wins again. I think I think he wins at Augusta. Now that would be where I think that I don't know if anybody's won four years in a row. So it would be an amazing. I, I really I really think he probably I think he keeps it going just because I don't. I think he's always kind of been this cocky and confident. I just think he kept his mouth shut. So I don't think he's changing. A lot of people are like, oh, he's changing. He's becoming an asshole, blah, 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 whatever. Well, that's I think honest. he's always been like this. He just wasn't a big enough name to say it. His game's tailor-made for all majors. Yeah, it really he is. It's straight. It's a long. And when his putter gets going, he's unbelievable. So we won't go over this many games. We just talked about, about it. Yeah. But the, the Wolf, Hovland, and, and Colin, definitely the next great young group of golfers. Looking forward to that. And then my last one, then you can go over any more you want to include. Will Rory continue his brilliant play? Finally, won another major. 
potentially the green jacket to complete the Grand Slam, be the first player since Tiger to do that. He just became the first player since Tiger to win two FedExes. Uh, I'm actually very bullish on Rory next year. I don't like him at Augusta because, again, I just think that the pressure deal, but I do think that the U.S. Open, I believe, is at a venue that he's won a major, right? And it at uh, where he won the PGA uh, in South Carolina, Kiowa. Is it? Oh, yeah, it is a Kiowa next year. So yeah. he obviously has won a major there. He's going to feel good about that. British Open should always be a favorite, and the PGA hits it so freaking far. That's usually one of the. I, he, I think he has a great chance to win the U.S. Open and the PGA. The two that give him the most trouble are the Masters and the British Open. One, he loves Ireland, but he doesn't like playing in Ireland, Right. if we're being honest. Well, he doesn't like playing really like style ball. Yeah, I mean, he won the Irish Open a couple years ago, and he's obviously won the British Open. But his game is more tailored. He hits the ball high and long. It's tailored for a, greens. It's tailored for America, bent grass greens, yep. uh, fly it to the hole, you know, control your distances. Yeah, yep. His... Biggest issue this year with how good of a season he had was he struggled with wedges. So if he dials in his wedges, which I'm sure he will, if he dials in his wedges, gets Why it going. Why not do what he did? It, and I'm hoping this will be something moving forward. Did you notice that he's like, when he got that lead, he started hitting three wood on holes that he'd been hitting driver, and then he's not necessarily hitting a flip wedge into every hole? And it's like such a big difference when he has like an eight nine iron. Oh my god, it's so much more pure. Wedge, and I've never understood why somebody in his camp and then like, hey buddy, like why don't you hit your three wood three hundred yards instead of your drive three thirty? Right. And then you don't have. He hit his three wood three thirty on Sunday. He's unbelievable. Um, you got any more? Uh, I got a couple. Storylines? I got a couple golf as in as a whole. Oh, I got one more too. Then go ahead. What are we gonna do about pace up play? That was my, that, okay. So this has been the hottest topic about – nobody even talked about the rules change. Kepka deserves a lot of credit because he, he started it with the British Open saying, yep. like, going public about – Against JB. Yep, how slow JB was. It's what, in my opinion, I'm most concerned about golf moving forward at an amateur level, just having fun on a weekend at right. professional level. People see what they see on TV and they emulate it. Right. I'm with you. They, they've Speed got to do it something. Up, boys. And it, it, whether – I don't know if it needs to be an actual penalty. I don't know if they – You've got to take shots. Exactly. I don't care about the clock. Yep. And they, they're not they're not penalizing these guys. No, I mean like literally come up to where there's a max amount of time before you hit or it's a penalty on every shot. Like almost like – That's what I'm saying. Like when it becomes if, your if turn, you have a minute and 30 seconds if, or whatever. Like a shot is. clock. If, yep. if, you, if you don't – you're hitting your – shot clock will reset and you're hitting your third shot. Yep. Like you're hitting, it's a one-shot penalty. Something of that effect is going to have to happen to speed these guys up. Um, I see it, you know, weekend play and stuff. I see it. I see exactly what you're talking about. Um, we've got to do a little Everybody bit better. We've got to do a little <laughs> bit better. Learn how to play ready golf, not on tour, obviously, but right. because that 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 stuff does matter. Play, uh, order of play does matter. But when you're playing your foursomes. Play ready golf. Let's keep it moving. Everybody wants to enjoy the course, and no one wants to be out there for four and a half, five hours. So move it along. I really want to see what the USGA does about pace of play. Secondly, I am more pumped about the future of golf right now than I have been since that class in 2011 came out, 2013, 2014. Just because of the, the all the young guys. I'm talking about. I'm talking about the young guys, the the three, four, you know. I'm talking about your Curtis Locke from Australia. I'm talking about a lot of these guys coming off key school. We got a team from, uh, was he 21, yeah. 22? Nobody's exactly. talking about He played 34 freaking events this year. Yeah. Oh, it's ridiculous. Like, uh, what a workhorse. One of our friends has his, his client, Vincent Whaley. Yep. Just made, uh, you know, made, got his tour card. There's so much really, really good golf and, and so much talent out there that. Golf is is really relevant. China right Rom's like twenty four. I mean, yeah, they're all young. I mean, they're you look at the top twenty and like literally eight of them are under the age of twenty five. So it's it's an incredible thing to watch. Um, it it is it's exciting, and I'm looking forward to it, man. It's going to be a great year going into the twenty twenties. How even. great would it be too if you have all these young guys continue to ascend and then you get like say the Tigers, the Phils, the Jim Furyk, these old the old guard 
can, you know, obviously on a consistent basis, but still be around. And All right. You've com- completely convinced me on Xander Shoffley, too. Like, I've always, yeah. you know, watched and noticed he's always there, but I, I think that that's the guy that, like, if, he's he, can, break if he can win a major, like, with his, you know, track record in him, I mean, the Tour Championship is basically a major. This is the third or third year in a row he's been in it. Uh, you know, down at the end, he could, like. Tony Finau. There's Tony, so yeah. many guys. I got a question for you. Yeah. We just finished the 2019 season. Mm-hmm. Who is your player? I, and I just thought of this. I'm sorry I didn't give you more time to prepare. Oh, I know it is. Who's your player of the decade? It's Rory. It had 17 wins, four majors. Kepco would have a, a decent argument otherwise. I yeah. think. He started so late. I mean, first well, saying he, had, he had four majors, though. Yeah. And, I mean, it's the same as Rory. Uh, I just think that Rory, I think, I'm pretty sure he was number one in the world the most time yep. during that decade. Maybe Tiger might have been, because I know he was for 2010, 2013. There's been a lot of up and down. But I think DJ's up there, too. I, DJ has, but DJ is just... I'm not saying, I'm saying no, no, he's been up there in, in number he one. He probably has, uh, actually may have more wins, too. But I, I think it's Rory by right. a, a good bit. It, it's got to be really all right. Nice. So even better question: Who do you think next decade's guys? We got all these young dudes. Who is going to be that dude a decade from now? Oh God! If he's out on tour yet, because I mean somebody could come along. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I'm yeah. saying of the guys. That of we the guys. Know. That, of the guys that we know. Moving forward, not counting the past, I'm going to say Xander. I really think he has the potential to win eight majors. I, I would go with uh, JT. He, uh, you know, I said he was overrated I was, this year. Yeah, I, was, I, I, I am completely him. convinced now that he was injured. And that, oh, he was that, injured. That was why he struggled. And he was hurt. It's you got to remember this guy's won six times in the last or seven times, excuse me, in the last three seasons. Yeah, he's got a major, uh, and he's young. You know what I mean? Like he's what 23, 24. Right. And the crazy thing that's about the problem with Kepka and Rory is they're thirty. They're gonna be getting into their forties. But but the thing so is, taking the, one of these younger. The crazy thing is, even ten years, they'll still be. Oh, oh no, no, twenty nine. I'm, I'm not. But, you know, but they, they, those guys with a tiger at twenty nine had. No, I know, I know. And you know, I mean, you'd have thought at that point he was going to win thirty, and right. stuff. And I'm not saying this kind of stuff, but I'm saying you don't ever know what's going to happen. No doubt. So you always usually try to take the younger. It's just like Rory. Rory in 2010 was the best right. young of the young players, and it's a fair assessment to say Xander and Justin probably yep. are the two best young players right now around that age. So right. it would make sense. Anything else you got? Because we, of course, went long because we both like to talk. Of course. But probably the last one for a couple weeks. So, I, man, I've enjoyed this year with you. Uh, this is our first full We're going to keep doing them, too. Yeah. We'll, we'll figure we'll out things. We'll, stuff we'll, over well I mean, like, literally, we'll, we'll uh, maybe just ask people if they have questions. We can do discussions. We can, we can talk about whatever, but we will continue the call, to do it. We're going to talk about the call-in, make some changes we got, we got to do that. No, and that's something that now would be a good time to do it, too, because yeah. there's not a lot of stuff to talk about. We'll just let people call and talk but Love it. Uh, enjoyed it. Love uh, it it's been another two off the tee podcast thank you club junkies thank you ib uh sports page join it if you haven't yep. uh please uh go follow and rate and review the ib sports podcast feed it's actually ib network podcast feed sorry uh, and also today, because I, I love my guys, RC and his brother, Corey, they did their breakdown of the NFC West uh, division. They've been doing it for every division. Uh, these guys are really knowledgeable, uh, really know what they're talking about. They talk about Zeke's contract, the, the drama with Jerry Jones. Go check it out. You won't be disappointed. You can also check out our podcast. We have you can go back and listen to me tell Scott that Tiger is going to win <laughs> Augusta, and we say that there's no chance, and then I bet uh, yeah, yeah. he had to, you know. I had some good calls on the major. No, I'm not saying I, had, that, I, I think I hit I think I hit top five three out of the four. The best part about this you, podcast you, you, you is won. forever. Yeah. It's on record that Tiger's the greatest player. Words came out of your mouth. All thanks to me picking Tiger. But anyway, this has been another edition of Two Off the Tee. If we don't do one next week, we'll do one in two weeks. We might do one next week. We're going to figure some things out. We appreciate you guys. Uh, the new page is fantastic. So I want to say thank you to the guys for uh, getting back to what we 
you know, the Pedro Star Quartz was to talk about golf. Yeah. And it got negative and it got toxic. And, uh, you know, I just, I, I, I think we can all agree that we only have so much time to relax and to do things that's not work and family and, your, you know, spouse, whatever. Right. I don't want to hear people that are just assholes. I really yeah. don't. I, and yeah. I, they're about themselves. I, I want to talk about golf and keep growing the page, friendly. boys. Absolutely. We so got to keep growing. Share. We didn't stop last time. We got to keep growing, get everybody back that was on there. Um, let's make make junkies great again and and keep, <laughs> and keep IBN great because IBN is is a phenomenal group as well. All right, so this is a two off two podcast sponsored by Club Junkies, IBN Sports page for Keith and Scott. We'll see you soon. Bye.